Well, a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we're here for the next two hours on this July 10th, the day of Faye. Faye Day. <laughs> Faye Day. Faye Day. Faye, Faye, go away. Yeah, Faye, Faye has uh, had a little bit of an effect on us today. Yes, we were questioning whether or not we would be with you right now. Because the power went out. We have a backup generator, but we had no lights. And uh, we still have no Wi-Fi in the building, so that means no video. We can't do video today. I wanted to do the show <clears throat> by candlelight, but of course. We have plenty of candles. <laughs> yeah, but candlelight doesn't run the computer. <laughs> no. Well, the, the, the issue was, uh, well, that, the power's back up anyway, but it did have a, an aftermath and uh, we're, we're we so our engineers working on the wi-fi but uh, because there is no wi-fi we have no video today so just the old-fashioned way of coming to you via audio all right i wonder if it's an affected over by the shore i mean that's where they're really getting the storm well jim will be here later on i don't know if he's at uh, in oh, the right hamilton office or down at the lbi uh, satellite office but he'll tell us <laughs> Actually, I just opened the back door here, and it didn't really look like it was raining much anymore. Yeah. So I think we're a little bit on the edge, mm-hmm. but I know uh, today was not the day to have a picnic on the beach. No, not to be outside at all. It's just pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have a, a nice program lined up for your friends. We hope you can stay with us. Coming up a little later on this hour, Leanne Thiemann will join us. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, she's written a book, uh, A Chicken Soup for the Soul book, Everyday Catholicism. So, And I think this is maybe the first... Catholic book in that series, Chicken Soup right, for the Soul. Right. So Leanne will be here. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. Jim's here with the weather. And the next hour, Father Chris Rogers will be here to give a reflection on this Sunday's gospel, The Sower and the Seed. And uh, also next hour, Brandon McGinley has written a book called The Prodigal Church about um, the church itself coming back. I know we've lost a lot of our, in many ways, lost some of our traditions and our Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. McGinley will be here to talk about that. So. Rather timely. Now, I actually did not look at the book. Uh, is it a, a new book, like, based upon the recent developments that we have had here now? No, oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. No, it's based basically on just the, 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 the way the church has, the traditions of the church have kind of oh, waned okay. a bit. You know, right. so. But interesting, though, that it, it mm-hmm. certainly applies to everything that's happening now. Yeah, well, now even more so, but we'll talk right. to Brandon later on about that as well. Uh, music, of course, uh, is going to be uh, part of our program, and we hope you can uh, stay with us for two hours. But we're first going to pray, and as we do every day, we pray our prayer that Holy Father gave us to our Blessed Mother to uh, take us through this pandemic. Um, also, remembering all of your intentions, my friends, and uh, praying for our young friend Maria. I'll share some. I did get a, a text at her dad a little earlier today, and he gave me a little update, so... I'll share that with you, uh, but for all of your intentions, whatever they are, we invite you to pray with us right now. And we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> o Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who at the foot of the cross were united with Jesus' suffering and persevered in your faith. You know our needs, and we know that you will provide so that as at Cana in Galilee, joy and celebration may return after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the will of the Father and to do what Jesus tells us, for he took upon himself our suffering and burdened himself with our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. 
And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael and the Subtum Presidium prayer to Blessed Mother. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray Pray for us. us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray Pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, friends, we thank you for being with us. Uh, There is no video at this moment because we have no Wi-Fi in the building. The storm did something to it. We could have dressed down to it. I know, I could have. Could have just been sitting here in the way we used to do radio. That's right. In our bathrobes and curlers. That's right. Well, I was in curlers, not Jim. No, I did have my curlers. And when we did the morning, we did this program. was a Monday morning program many, many years ago. What did we do? Just From our like basement studio. Seven to nine? No, gosh, to, no. It was, it was in maybe an hour. It was seven to eight or eight to nine, I think. One of yeah. those. It was an hour. Just an I hour on Monday mornings. Because I would get the children to school and then shoot right That's down it, to the I basement. That's it. Yeah. So right. sometimes you'd be a little late from coming back from dropping them off at school. Right. <laughs> I'd be up early getting, we did news and things. I had all that mm-hmm. stuff together. <laughs> yeah. But it was from our basement. It was cold down there in the wintertime. I know. It was cold down there. Anyway, here we are, uh, but no video. Uh, I don't think we'll have, we may have it come up somewhere at one point during the program. I'm not sure, but uh, they're working on it, so. Uh, but let me just bring you up to date. You know, about a week and a half ago, we were over at Doylestown Hospital broadcasting live that rosary for our young friend Maria. And um, <clears throat> we had a lot of listeners uh, yeah. you know, tuning in and praying along. And a lot of people there. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. It was to very nice. in prayer for her. And mm-hmm. at that point, I spoke with um, her brother, and it was a month that she had been in. Doylestown Hospital at right. the point of the rosary. So I, I don't know if she's still in there now. I, I think know they were trying is. to get her yeah, home. Yeah, I know, trying to get her home. Yeah. But I did email or text her dad uh, earlier today because we had not heard any, uh, received any updates since then. And I just said, you know, mentioned that we have received emails from listeners and um, who prayed along that night, just asking for any kind of update. But right. Brian wrote back, when the unimaginable happens, you'll have to either abandon your faith as useless or keep your faith as the only thing of value in your life. There is no middle ground. Mm-hmm. But it takes the efforts of the entire community of loving friends to keep you running towards the Lord. It is the grace of your prayers that pushes, prods, and carries us down the field of faith. This goes to all of our listeners. Oh. It may seem overly dramatic, but there's nothing more important to me and my family than the prayers of you and your family. So he, they certainly appreciate those prayers. And then he said, Maria continues to battle. Her armor is, is her faith. Her hope is Jesus. And they're beyond any medical cure. Now it's God's time. So amazing. Putting it in all. And I do, I, I do, you know, I've, if you read about the suffering servants in our church's history, and you look at what they've gone through. And again, Maria, you, you know, she really is perplexing, I guess, even even the medical uh, professionals there, because she really was not 
given a good prognosis right. a year and, and a half ago. She's still with us, and there right. were some puzzling test <clears throat> results along the way that they just were scratching their heads over. Um, but more so, they, they're they amazed at her peace mm-hmm. and um, just solitude, you, you know, and, and calm. Right, right. And, and grace in handling this. Mm-hmm. Acceptance. Right. So, you know, in whatever way we can, we continue to pray for her. And that's the the strength, the gift of our strength that we can give to Maria and the family through these prayers. And, of course, you know, the one of the beauties of this opportunity here is through the apostolate that we're literally going around the world through all of our technology. So, you know, you never know how many or who is praying or from where they're praying, but the prayers are powerful. So we'll just keep doing that and keep keeping people posted. And, you know, it was prayer that got people through all these months. I mean, it's it's incomparable to what she is experiencing, but just to another testament to the power of prayer and how it is so all-sustaining. Being locked down, you're inside, some people alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else do you have? You know, right. you can only play so much solitaire and watch so much TV, and right. it's the prayer that kept them going day to day. Right, right. So we'll keep you posted on that, and we'll keep praying, and uh, God's will be done, as in all things, and we'll just keep uh, hoping that uh, soon we will see the miracle that uh, we've all been praying for. Mm-hmm. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to welcome Leanne Thiemann, and she's written a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Everyday Catholicism. So uh, she'll in, the, in that book are many stories of inspiration, so we'll, we'll hear some of those, I'm sure. Um, and then later on this hour, friends, we're going to pray, uh, pl- pray and play. Uh, name that Catholic <laughs> tune, so you're invited to join in that prayer as well. I keep looking at the wrong clock, you know. And then we're there. I'm all, I'm all, all out of whack now because I have my routine <laughs> yes. with no video, and the clock that I normally look at is wrong because it, we well, lost we, power. But we I have didn't a, lose power for very long. No, but I know the clock <clears throat> is off. But you know, we when were, we lose power in this building, we have a backup generator that immediately kicks in. And what that will do is it will, it will power the main studio control board and computers and the lights in the chapel. However, that works, the lights in the chapel stay on. Mm. Uh, but everything else goes off, including that clock over there. So. Well, one day we'll do the show by candlelight. Yeah, well, we'll I see. would like to do that. All right. So you stay with us, friends. There's more to come. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Down but not destroyed I am blessed beyond the curse for 
promise will endure But his joy is gonna be my strength Oh, the sorrow may last for the night His joy comes with the morning, yeah So I'm treating my sorrows I'm treating my shame I'm
ring that bell. Of holy freedom. Right on the other side of our beautiful... That was, that was one of your patriotic uh, entries last week. And I was just that's thinking we right. weren't here last week. No, that's right. It seems like it's been a while. So two weeks two we weeks were Two weeks ago here. we were here, yeah. Last weekend we had the um, firework brigade, you know, for five days. Anybody else have that in your neighborhood? We had fireworks from the oh, second to the third to the fourth. Even some straggling in on the fifth. But yeah. it was all neighborhood stuff. Like no... Although I believe in Tom's River they did some kind of official production but any anybody else it was like the neighborhood kids mm-hmm. blowing things up so um we have video now so in case you're wondering because you'd like to oh. see <laughs> there you go the uh, the studio and the two occupants of the studio at the moment you can uh, go to youtube.com slash domestic church media or facebook.com slash domestic church media and we're also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org now Needless to say, uh, Leanne Thiemann is not here. Right. Uh, we don't, that, this is the always, always, always a possibility when you do live interviews, and uh, I don't know why. I called the number and just got Leanne's voicemail. So we right. hope we hope we always think hope everything is okay with Leanne. Right. Her book is called Chicken Soup for the Soul: Everyday Catholicism. Those are fun reads. Like I think of light reading when you're on a plane and you really aren't. At least for myself, I can't focus very well. There's a lot of distractions. Somebody walks by or the noise is on the plane. Um, that's light enough reading where the, the witness stories or the articles or the chapters are very, very short. And but Here's hope- an example of on the, just on the back. Joan, who recited Hail Marys on her 108-bead Buddhist strand while standing at her dying father's bedside and is transformed when she receives a glimmering rosary from beyond the grave. Ooh. That sounds like a good one. Yeah. Or when you're <clears throat> down the shore or you're at the beach house, you know, to have a book like that. I always enjoyed the, the lighter fare. But I've read some of the other chicken soup. They have dozens and dozens. Yeah. Or yeah. every, you know, right. chicken soup for your cats and, and everything else. <clears throat> oh, but, for your cats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there is a Christian one with beautiful, you know, um, stories of witness and salvation. But the fact that this has a Catholic twist. And I think this is the first Catholic one. Yeah. I like, think I read in the notes here. So that, I'm sorry. Uh, well, maybe we can get her on, on another time and we have to confirm and reconfirm. It's that simple. But, you know, uh, where was she located? I'm I have thinking, no idea. Oh, okay. I, I'm thinking of the storm. If they lost power, I don't know. <clears throat> <clears throat> That's true. She could have been works. affected by Faye. Right. Faye, please go away. Or she could have been in a situation like I was a couple weeks ago on a nice rainy That's right. Saturday you haven't, we haven't evening. We have been back here since uh, you <laughs> were puddle jumping. Yeah. I was literally up the creek without a paddle in my car. In your car. I was on my way flood. to my uh, Saturday vigil mass and... I have about a 45-minute commute. Halfway through, I pass through Pennington. I'm on Route 31, and it starts pouring. And I had that little nudge, you know, that little voice inside that says, turn around and go back home. Hmm. <laughs> go no further. Yeah, that but, voice used to talk to me a lot when I was on my way to college. <laughs> yeah. And work. <laughs> and work, too, yeah. yeah. And that's what I really, honestly, I thought that was. I thought, oh, I'm just trying to get out of doing mass. It's not snowing. It's not ice. It's only rain. So just forge on ahead. 
But, you know, I should have listened to that little voice. I don't know which shoulder it was standing on. But I got to an intersection probably five minutes from my parish. And by then, Route 202 and 31 combine. And there's some dips in the road. It's not hilly by any means. But there's enough that the water was gathering because it was coming down faster than it could disappear anywhere. Mm -hmm. And... um, it was quite the body of water stretched across the road, but I, I had nowhere to go. There were no exits. I couldn't even get off on any sort of ramp or store entryway. But the other cars, maybe going five miles an hour, they were going through the mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I'm just going to follow suit. Everyone else is barreling through. And about midway through the intersection, I just started floating. Mm. Talk about feeling powerless. Well, they are the cars probably were bigger than yours. Well, probably. I have a small car load of the ground, but the fact that I thought, okay, I'm floating in the middle of the highway. And how many times do you watch the Weather Channel and they say, do not drive into any standing body True, of water? True, but it's not like you were out in the middle of nowhere. Other, right. other vehicles were going through it. But... I wasn't next to a river or an official pond. And it, it wasn't was standing just... water. It was gushing water. Yeah. Anyway, everybody else was going through, so I followed suit and didn't make it. And then literally... The guardian angels of the pickup truck league came along. These two big pickup trucks barreled on through. They pulled off the side of the road. Um, These two young guys jumped out, threw their shoes in the back, and got behind my car and just pushed me until I could get to a clearing. And then up, I was literally um, right in front of a CVS. So that was convenient. And I was safe. And that was my excitement. That was your excitement in the car. The car needed a new engine. Didn't tell that oh, part of it. Yeah. The engine, what did they say? Hydro locked? Yes. Hydro locked. Hydro locked uh, was the term. I, I must say, though, and this is not an endorsement of any particular insurance company, but we've had this insurance provider for about a couple of years now, and they've been very, so good. We can't say who it is. No, but, uh, you know, it's that one with the gecko. I know. Uh, but the, um, we had the roof damage on our house about two months ago, and they took Their care response. of that. This car, the response, their courtesy. I'm just. Excellent. Not an endorsement, though. But you know, while we're talking about 202 and 31, that stretch leading up to Flemington from the Trenton area, they had more excitement on the other side of the highway um, that as I'm driving up to my morning masses, the last couple of days, I see lines and lines of cars. mm. And then people in lawn chairs, kids playing cornhole and football. Somebody had a grill out cooking. I thought it was almost like an outdoor picnic, but they were right on highway's edge to learn that there's a DMV motor Mm, vehicle. Flemington, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And they were literally camping out overnight, waiting to either get their license or renew registration. Now, why is that not happening in Pennsylvania? I mean, why is it happening in New, in New Jersey where there's all this weight and everything, but not Pennsylvania? Well, that's a very good question. Do we do more online? I don't. I, I do all my. When was the last time you went to a DMV office? No, unless you needed your picture taken. Yeah, but that, young, you didn't even go to a DMV office. You go to the, the play, those oh, little the places one, in the strip the mall there. Photo license yeah. place. But then um, the younger kids. Maybe that's why. Who maybe had their test but needed to get their license, their very first license, I think that's a yeah, physical... Because yeah, yeah. they were just allowed to do that now? They opened up? They were closed all these right, months? Right, they were closed for three months. And I'm tired of this of, virus. I'm oh. tired of it. I'm so tired of this virus and this pandemic situation is making me crazy. I know, but it seems like every day it's something else, yeah, right? I know. Well, let's take a break. And, of course, Jim is going to be reporting to us on the weather. So you want to find out more about Faye and all that it entails, stay with us, friends. More to come. Don't go away. Lord, prepare. 
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. 
All righty, that means it's time for our domestic church media meteorologist, uh, our friend Jim Hoffman. And we weren't sure, Jim, if you were at the um, Hamilton office or at the remote LBI office. I am. I am at the remote LBI office. Oh, oh, so boy. you're 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 in the thick of it then. You're in the thick of it down <laughs> yeah. there. Okay. Tell not us. Report, not reporting. Not actually reporting from the beach, but I I am close to the beach. <laughs> Tell us what's happening down there. Well, it's uh, this morning the, the rain started here on Long Beach Island, I would say around, let's say, 7 o'clock in the morning, and then started to get really heavy, maybe 8, 9 o'clock. Um, winds were gusting. It was pretty pretty nasty, like mm-hmm. horizontal rain. You ever see rain, windswept rain? It looks like it's traveling horizontally. Right. <laughs> and then... Um, I guess around maybe 12, 31 o'clock, the sun peaked out for a bit, um, enough that you know you could go outside and take a walk to the beach and see how things were going. But it was still very windy. And right now we're getting a, a, little, a little rain came back. It's not as heavy as it was, but um, we still have the effects of the storm. Yeah. It was pretty exciting. Oh, boy. Too much excitement for me. So and- th- this was an actual tropical storm. It was an actual tropical storm. Um, so tropical storms, the official definition from the National Weather Service is if you have maximum sustained surface winds from 39 to 73 miles per hour. Um, hurricanes are 74 miles per hour or greater surface winds. So this storm, say, had maximum sustained winds of 60 miles per hour. So it was a pretty good, you know, solid Tropical storm that affected and continues to affect the area. Well, I, I was watching actually uh, at noon. There was a reporter down there on the uh, beach in Ocean City, and looked pretty, pretty, pretty wicked, pretty wild. Yet he was still wearing his mask. So I was proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> that mask didn't blow off. <laughs> mask would get all soggy and wet. There wasn't, a, there wasn't another soul on the whole beach, obviously, and the wind was howling and the rain was pouring, teeming. But he had his mask on, so he's obeying. Good for him. Well, yeah. the, the thing is, the thing is, you don't want stay to catch COVID. That's because right. They could then spread COVID throughout the Northeast. That's right. That's, That's right. right. That was a danger. That's that was right. a danger. Well, so uh, now I know here it's not really raining too much anymore, but uh, you know it it was obviously we had a lot of rain and, and slight winds, not really very windy earlier, but enough to you know make it a little 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 interesting, but. Uh, what's what's the picture? Because we were talking about the beach tomorrow or Sunday. What's what's going to happen now? Well, um, I'll just give you a little bit more information on on say the National Weather Service has been giving out some uh, reports. You know, the, the latest one was at two o'clock p.m. The next one's going to be at five o'clock p.m. So just uh, over a little over twenty minutes from now. But at two p.m., the center of say was located about 24 miles east-southeast of Cape May, and it was moving north at 12 miles an hour. And as I said before, the maximum sustained winds were 60 miles an hour. And throughout the area, we can expect uh, Faye to produce two to four inches of rain. Some, some areas could receive as much as seven inches. And I tell you, I was looking at Philadelphia all day today, and Philadelphia was just in the thick of it, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're on the upper end. Of the scale, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if Philadelphia is now drifting down the Delaware River into the Delaware Bay, <laughs> which wouldn't <laughs> be a bad thing. So much <laughs> it wouldn't be a yeah. bad thing. <laughs> it would be for Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. Uh, 
when we when we look into like tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, um, about say is expected to be in southern Vermont by tomorrow morning, and then by tomorrow night it's going to be well up into Canada. So um, you know, as we move into the overnight and into tomorrow, the effects of say will become less and less over the area. But we continue to to have oh, just a lot of warnings and watches in the area. There's flash flood watches and warnings throughout the area. Um, there's, that, there's also tropical storm warnings that continue along the Jersey coast all the way up to coastal Connecticut. So, you know, a lot, a lot of places right now, especially Trenton looks like they've cleared up. Philadelphia looks like they're going to get out of the, the rain pretty soon. But you go up, um, say, north and west of Trenton and Philly, they're still in the thick of the heavy rain. But that'll move out as we move into the overnight. And, um, you know, when we look at the, the weather over the weekend, so tomorrow – we can expect some showers and thunderstorms, not widespread. It's going to be, you know, maybe 30% chance throughout the day. Otherwise, it's going to be partly sunny with a high near 90 degrees. Saturday night, showers and thunderstorms will continue into the evening, partly cloudy, low around 71. Sunday, chance of showers and thunderstorms throughout the day. Again, not an all-day rain. It's just going to be hit or miss, uh, 20 to 30% chance of, of showers and thunderstorms. Sunny with a high near 90. And then Sunday night, that slight chance of showers and thunderstorms continue, partly cloudy, low around 71. And taking a sneak peek into next week, it'll be a typical summer week with highs in the upper 80s to low 90s and with various chances of uh, showers and thunderstorms as we move throughout the week. So if you like summer, like the hot weather, you're going to love next week. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it seems like, you know, you would hope, would have hoped anyway, or I would have hoped once a storm comes through, it kind of dries it out a little bit and humidity right. drops. And So you could have a few dry days in yeah, there. I don't remember so much like showers every day. Or, am or I a just... threat of showers. Wait, in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Flor- Floridian yeah. weather, isn't it, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's going to be like Florida. Yeah. And actually, my daughter lives in Florida. I think it's a little cooler down there. Oh, it's really? cooler down there <laughs> next week. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. All right. Florida is the cool destination to go to, right? Yeah, but if you go, you can't come back for 14 days. Isn't that the deal? That's right. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you come back, but you have to, be, you have to hide. Hide for 14 days. Right. Just be, uh, exactly. I don't know. Hey, listen, Jim, we really appreciate it, and I uh, hope you, you're enjoying your time down there and uh, get some good beach weather. If your forecast is okay. correct, it sounds yeah, like it should. Good. Yep, hopefully the uh, sun will come out again and get back onto the beach. There yeah, you go. All right, Jim, you. well, thank you so much. God bless you and your family, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, God bless. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye you. now. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. It's time to name that Catholic tune. It's time to name that Catholic tune. We've been playing this since uh, Easter, which is great. This is a nice little break. I mean, Saint of the Day is nice. It's educational, but this is educational, too. And we'll go back to Saint of the Day. That's right. But uh, So the rules are these, if you've been playing along these past number of weeks. Cheryl will give some information about a particular Catholic hymn. 
Uh, and uh, she'll then play a little bit of it on the, uh, what are you doing, the Wurlitzer today or the, the Steinway? I will use piano. Okay, so the nine-foot Steinway is here. I'll wheel that in. And she'll play a little bit of it on the piano there for you. And then when you think you know what today's Catholic tune is, you can give us a call at 609-493-8255. That's 609 609- 493-8255. So jot that number down, 609-493-8255. And uh, Cheryl will give us some clues about today's Catholic tune. It is a very popular Catholic hymn, not one of the older traditional ones, if that could be a little um, insight for you. You know, for the so many past several weeks, we've been going back to the early centuries or things that have been drawn from the classical master repertoire. But this is um, one of the more modern day composers. He's still alive. So, th- so that would be fair to say. This hymn, Catholic, uh, written by a Catholic, but it has found its way into hymnals of every Christian denomination. It's based on a phrase made famous by the great St. John Paul II. It was written in 1972, but at that time, he only wrote the refrain or the chorus, and then it took about a year to finish all the verses. Oh. That's just, just a little trivia. But this composer was about to become a priest, and he was on a Jesuit retreat preparing to be ordained, and he was grappling with anxiety with what was the future going to hold? Where would he be sent? How good will he be? You know, what does the future look like? So the hymn kind of put his heart to some rest and consolation. And another great piece of information I learned today when I was reading about this, uh, some of the background and development, Susan Sarandon played a nun in the movie Dead Man Walking. Mm-hmm. I think she was I, nominated for an Academy Award or won. I never saw that film. But By the any, way, I, I know her, Susan Sarandon. That's right. You went to, okay. <laughs> I'll explain but that later That's on. another story. Uh, and she, as the nun, sang this song to the inmates on death row. Ooh, okay. You want to hear a phrase? Yes, let's hear a phrase. Uh, Cheryl's walking over to the nine-foot Steinway. Got to move that mic a little closer over there so we can hear, pick up your sound. All right. Now, again, Cheryl's going to play a little a little snippet. Uh, one, let her play it. And then if you think you know what it is, call us at 609-493-8255. Ooh, okay. Just yeah, tighten that little that. This? Tighten that. 609 if you think you know what today's Catholic tune is, 609-493-8255. Want to play it again? I will. Give it a little, okay. Ooh, 609-493-8255. That's a good hymn for today with all the storming going on around us. That's absolutely right. And of course, uh, although the song was written before he became our Holy Father, John Paul II, this kind of became his little bit his of a catchphrase there, motto or something, right? All right, we're getting a, we're getting a call here. Let's go over here. We'll see who we have on. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Pete, and I'm calling from Cream Ridge. Oh, Pete from Cream Ridge. Okay, very good. And I don't have. Uh, go ahead. What do you think today's uh, tune is? Be not afraid. 
Be not Very afraid. Good. And you know what? I'm looking for my hallelujah here. I don't have it. Oh. Is that, yeah. I forgot. Well, I, let's. we can do it. Ready? Go. Hallelujah. There that's you go. all you get. Oh, that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. At least we were in the same key. <laughs> I know. That was a risky thing. <laughs> All right, Pete. Very good. Cream Ridge, uh, what's your parish over there? St. David the King in uh, West Windsor. Oh, that's uh, right. Okay. Very good. Yep. What was the giveaway for you? The melody? Um, or? Ac- uh, yeah, actually, um, it was when you played it on the piano. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. The, uh, the although the clues did not help me, uh, but uh-huh. uh, hearing it uh, was the was the uh, clinch. All right. yeah. Thank you very much. And now you know some stuff about it. You know, be yeah. not afraid is yeah. correct. And I think That's Pete, right. we do have your information here, so we'll be sure we to. S- uh, send How's everything you with you guys? Okay. Oh, it's excellent. Uh, we yeah. got a little uh, pounding today. We had to go out to the vet in Jackson, and we were out in the middle of it, but uh, everything is good. Everything all right. Is good. We're, we're surviving all of the. Uh, the shutdowns and uh, you know making it to church and receiving the uh, sacraments. So uh, beautiful, that's We're good. good. Can is more. Yeah. Can has for more than that. Very that's good. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for playing today, Pete. We appreciate that, and thanks for being a faithful listener. We appreciate that as well. And please tell the misses I said hello, and um, we have to talk about cheesecakes. <laughs> Absolutely. <Okay. laughs> She'll know Absolutely. what I'm talking about. All okay. right. God bless you, Pete. We'll talk to you soon. God bless God, you. God bless you. Thanks Take for care. Weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. You too. So, Be Not Afraid was the correct answer. And, uh, Very good. We'll so, hear that, that was Bob Dufford or Duford, however you might say it. I never heard it pronounced Duford. No, I've heard it pronounced probably wrong. I would say Dufford. Dufford would be But more. that was the, the early 70s when all the music really started swinging, the other, you know, changed right. more. I don't want to say a pop sound, but a very contemporary guitar ensemble type sound, you know, that very gentle. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, play that hymn now. Oh, let's do it. All right, be right back. And if we could put that.
All right, that's probably, I bet that's one of the most requested funeral hymns. It is, yeah. I, I meant to put that. I actually I had a lot more information on that particular hymn. It by far is like the top, one of the top five that they request. Really? My yeah. parents had it at their, uh, yeah. didn't they? Each one of them had probably. it. Probably, probably. I can remember doing that. So we were at St. Peter. Oh, no, that was no, Mary Alice. We were at St. Matt. Well, that too, we did probably did it there too. Yes, right. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break uh, coming up to the top of the hour. And if you are watching on YouTube or Facebook or our homepage, we shut the video down for a few minutes until we get back to the top of the hour, bring it back up. Uh, friends, stay with us. Another hour to come. Next hour, uh, we're going to have our gospel reading, and our reflection this week is by our friend Father Chris Rogers. And then later on uh, next hour, Brandon McGinley, who is going to talk about his book, The Prodigal Church. So stay where you are. There's more to come on Friday Live. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to goodshop.com select the charity you care about most and then click over to your favorite store shop as you normally would pay nothing extra and a donation will be made to your favorite charity it's that easy visit goodshop.com today and designate domestic church media as your favorite charity and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to domestic church media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding catholic radio that's goodshop.com and designate domestic church media as your favorite charity goodshop.com Pope Francis said, The key that opens the door to faith is prayer. Join St. Paul Street Evangelization by running a prayer station in the public square. You don't need to be a professional apologist or theologian. Just listen to the needs of the people you encounter. Offer encouragement, take prayer requests, and pray with people. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. 
Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish and we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. How does God know? Well, God does not know the way we know. We know by looking at things. God knows by looking at himself. We can get a faint idea of the way God knows from an architect. Before an architect puts up a building, he can tell you if he is the designer, the size of the building, its dimensions, the location of each room, its height, the number of elevators it will have, and so forth. How does he know all of this before the building is built? Because he is the designer of the becoming of the building. Now, God is a cause, too. But God is not just a cause of the becoming of the universe. He's the cause of the very being of the universe. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. back friends for another hour of Friday Live on this July 10th 2020 and uh, stay with us for the next hour I'm Jim and this is Cheryl and we're happy to be here as always coming up this hour we're going to have our uh, gospel reading and our reflection today is by our friend Father Chris Rogers and then a little later on uh, Brandon McGinley is going to come on to talk about the prodigal church a uh, book he has written, and uh, he'll discuss restoring Catholic tradition in an age of deception. Ooh. Sounds like a good read. That's right. So 
Uh, of course, we're here for the next hour, so we do hope that you can stay with us. And we'll start with our gospel. That's a long gospel. This it is the seed and the sower. The seed and the sower. So anyway, stay with us, friends, and uh, we'll have our gospel and our reflection today by Father Chris Rogers. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. I'm sorry. I'm reading that first line. This is terrible. This is irreverent. It's the gospel. But he sat down by the sea. It certainly wasn't a day like today, right? But although he could calm the waters. So let me start again. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look but do not see, and hear but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You shall indeed hear, but not understand. You shall indeed look, but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it. And the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Greetings, everyone, and praise be Jesus Christ. One of the great signs of the summer season are the fruits that we see in summertime. 
particularly in South Jersey, from the Jersey tomatoes to the blueberries, from the melons to the corn. Nothing says summer better than those pop-up produce stands that you see on the side of the road, right near or adjacent to the many farms. I call that image to mind as we enter this weekend because our scripture readings that we find echo the theme. Jesus this weekend speaks the familiar parable of the sower and the seed and the fruitfulness of his kingdom. That a tiny seed can yield 30, 60, or even a hundredfold. The first reading this weekend from Isaiah echoes a similar theme, that the word of God is active and alive. It's effective. It does not return to God void. This is good summer reading here. And to hear this gospel, we see again what the gospel is all about. It's about fulfillment about fruitfulness, about produce. Of course, summertime does have its challenges, and the summer of 2020 certainly has that. And these scriptures this weekend are not blind to the challenges. The sower and seed parable talks about the path and the challenges, the, the, the seed that doesn't get into the rich soil, the birds of the air that eat it up and rob it away. Our second reading, we find St. Paul in the first century talking about creation being in groaning pains. And those groans, of course, continue. The human world has such great need. And yet, there is reason for continued hope. And that hope is in the rich soil that the Holy Spirit enables. My friends, as we enter this weekend, aware of our own needs... Let us be attentive to what God provides. And he does indeed provide a rich soil. Our responsorial psalm this weekend is Psalm 65. And it's worth a read, especially the parts we'll hear this Sunday. That the seed which falls on good ground will yield a fruitful harvest. I close with those words from Psalm 65. You have visited, O Lord, the land and watered it. You have greatly enriched it. God's water courses are filled. You have prepared the grain. You have prepared the land, drenching its furrows, breaking up its clods softening it with showers, blessing its yield. You have crowned the year with your bounty, and your paths overflow with a rich harvest. The untilled meadows overflow with it, 
and rejoicing clothes the hills. The fields are garmented with flock, and the valleys blanketed with grain. They shout for joy. They sing for joy. My friends, as we enter this summer weekend, let us sing for joy and recognize that we have an opportunity to be part of the rich soil of God's grace. And in that grace, with his word, let us rejoice in an abundant and fruitful harvest. God be with you. Chains break at the weight of your glory. 
It's a glorious day. Well, I just <laughs> answered the mail delivery, and it's pouring outside. Oh, it is so pouring. We're in still. Ewing, Trenton, so you could be listening absolutely anywhere around the world. But in terms of us stepping outside, you might need an umbrella. It's Faye. It's Faye. <laughs> yeah. Faye, Faye, go away. Uh, didn't you have something? You had an email from somebody? Oh, I did. I wanted to uh, do a shout-out to Fran. Hopefully you're listening because I think I didn't answer your question. But really, I couldn't answer it, so this is good because Jim can answer it, and then um, I'll send you an email. But she, first of all, wanted to thank you for the patriotic music that we put together for last weekend. Fourth of July weekend, yeah. Aired Friday and maybe Saturday. Saturday and Sunday. Yes, so. All sorts of patriotic favorites, and she and I were texting or or emailing at some point saying we were cooking but marching around the kitchen. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't just me marching around the kitchen. Doesn't it get you like? Yeah, I've always enjoyed patriotic music, for as hokey as it may be. Sometimes, like last night, you went to bed, but uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy was on with Jimmy Cagney, (laughs) and uh, that's all the George M. Cohen. I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Your grand old flag over there. Maybe it's. Reminiscent of better times. Mm, I don't know, but it was you know I enjoyed watching you know, it. Thoughts of July Fourth parades. And well, when I was when I was up. when I was teaching high school at St. Peter's, up in New Brunswick back in the last century, mm-hmm. um, I, you know I directed the plays there the, the three years that I was there, and the last play I directed there in 1980, <laughs> that 39 years ago. Mm-hmm. No, it's more, is it? It's more than that. Well, it's 40 years ago. Right. 2020. It will be 40 years. 1980 uh, was, was George M. Wow. No, they don't really do that at schools anymore. Like, well, I, guess I don't think anybody ever did it. I, you know, yeah. my father actually suggested it because he really liked the patriotic music. And uh, I had a great cast for, like, for uh, young people. They were seniors, and most of them were seniors. Right. And I remember taking them to tap classes, tap dance classes on Saturdays. Oh, that's like a group fabulous. of them. And the young young kid who had the lead who played George M, he was they all were great. And they were they learned how to tap dance, the whole cast. Isn't that it was great. I had so much fun with them. But the music and you know we had a, you have a full orchestra. I had I had sure. effects, I had the scrim and I had the flag projected. It was and it was at the time of the hostage taking in Iran. Remember oh. that? Well. Are you too young? No, you're not too young. You were in college. 
Yeah, I guess yeah, you weren't so that. My, you weren't that I wasn't civically <laughs> aware. No, but my then head we, was buried in the practice room. President Carter had tried to rescue them, or the army, mm. and they there was a the, 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 the helicopter crashed, and the soldiers got killed right around the time. But so people were really into the patriotism, and they just right. we had great crowds, and I had a great cast. The music was great, and I think that's what it was for last week. Um, I shared with a couple other people. I said we're going to play some patriotic music, and they said, you know, you're probably the only station that's doing that. Yeah, we were. And it's about time we have we need the patriotic music right now. But so her question was, yes. she loved it so mm-hmm. much. Is it? And this is where she entered in that other language that I didn't even know where to begin. Is it archived? On SoundCloud? No. Okay. There's your <laughs> the short answer, answer. The answer is no. Well, it's a copyright issue, right? Yeah, SoundCloud. Our our programs are on SoundCloud our, because we produce them, but that's not our music, so we can't really put it on our like SoundCloud. Like just to go so to it and yeah, say, I no, want to listen to this now. That. Okay. Can't do that. It is a copyright We'll, we'll wait for the next opportunity. Maybe close to election uh, You know, anybody day. who, I tell you, honestly, anybody who has the Amazon Alexa Mm. I know that works for me. Is all you have to do is say play patriotic music and they'll start playing right. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So it's you know I I, I was um, listening to uh, I was driving last night on the freeway and I was I had on you know I have one of those Alexa Auto that you put in your car. Same idea, right? And I thought you know, it really is making radio obsolete because. To that, you know, because you can you can just say play anything or, or put on anything, and it puts it on. You know, right, right. I mean, you really don't need that serious XM anymore, because that was you know you had your spa channel or the jazz channel. Or Not that I want to put us out of business. No, but we'll yeah. always be here, God willing, that we can yeah. still provide broadcasting. But it's, but the it's a matter of how people are listening. Thing. If I say I want to listen to all uh, Billy Joel, I don't need to pay for Sirius. You have the Alexa. It's free. And just say, well, you have to have play. we have to have Prime Music. Mm. which is like $5 a month or something. I don't know. Right. Maybe that. But now here's one for you because I'm still stuck in the CD era. Uh, I have this rental car from when I was row, row, rowing my car down Route 31, Mm -hmm. and I I still have the rental car. There's no CD player in there. No, they don't have them anymore. No. What do you have, Sirius? It it does have Sirius, but Bluetooth comes up as an option as well. Well, that's because you can put put your phone through it. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Forget about that. I play the radio. Don't even try. Is there a radio? AM and FM. Oh, really? Now, see, that's surprising. Well. I heard they were pulling radios out of yeah, new cars. No, it's still in there. And they were going to put in the the uh, you know the streaming services. Mm. And this is a 2020. Hmm. Well, you know, things are changing. Technology is changing. The key is to stay on top of it, which is what I've been saying for years, and do you know be on the cutting edge, which is why we have all this stuff in front. It used to be. But it's when all on we, your side of the desk. I know. But remember, we were down in uh, many when we first started tw- tw- almost 25 years ago. Oh, sure. At that little station down in Camden, uh, WTMR, and that little studio. Remember that studio? I know. A desk, empty desk, and with table a mics. Single microphone. Yeah, or table, two if table you wanted mics. To. And then on the other side of the glass, the producer had his. The engineer, yeah. But, um, uh-huh. Or engineer had his. But it was a small, dingy it. studio, which is why most. Radio studios were, mm-hmm. maybe still are. I don't because know. Because they're not a visual. It's just. You but know. you look at, if you have video, you can see the, <laughs> our environment. I have pictures, though, of this studio when we first moved in. Uh, Remember that when we first came into this building, you swore you would never come back. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so dusty. Not only dusty, it was just, just garbage, just yeah. filthy. It was, it was vacant for eight years, yeah. so which is why the raccoon family moved in upstairs. Broken desks. 
just old junk files, all over the place. Just yeah, trash that people didn't need. And it was owned by another radio station who was not far away and still in operation. But if they were cleaning things out, yeah, it was this was their storage room, dump, uh, dumping ground. Right, and uh, Boy, it took a long time to clean out. It did, but we had a we had a. a I mean, we it was fun. We had a great team. We had we had the college boys come and help us paint. They were right. showing me how to paint. That's right. Those young men came and painted, and we had carpeting. Well, this was after we had that. Uh, uh, conference up in newark that we able had to. a little extra dough that yeah. <laughs> enabled us to renovate refresh the place but then even the, even so this main studio is just done recently within the past two years that we right. have the new equipment and the new you know mm. but it's uh everything is changing everything is changing you know and i think we're going to talk in just a little bit to um brandon mcginley who wrote the book the prodigal church and i just i didn't you asked the question i think we were off off the air there, but you asked about, was this... Uh, um, Written for it right now. He has a little forward in here where he mentions COVID. He wrote it in, in March, just before the book came out. I guess they added this oh. about, you know, at that time, nothing, the churches were closed, there were no liturgies. And so it's interesting to see, you know, where are we going to be going as a church from here mm-hmm. on out? You know, um, even I think in the Diocese of Metuchen, I think here too in Trenton, uh, there, there really is no end date given. It's like until further notice, we're doing exactly. these things this way. Right, right. And diocese to from diocese to diocese, it's changed. Right. You know, it's different. I had gotten an email today. The um, extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion were looking. Will, will we be needed? And can you guess when? And you know, not in the foreseeable future. And there's just so many questions and so many changes. They don't know about this virus. Is there a second wave in September? Do we do a schedule? Do they sign their recommitment forms? You know, are they going to be needed? And it's like we really cannot predict. Yeah. Now, I I, I went like. to your parish uh, last Saturday, and I didn't even uh, realize it was only the priests and deacons who were distributing. Exactly. Yeah. But for the amount of people that were there, yeah, you there weren't didn't many people there. Seven communion stations. No. There's no reception from the chalice. No. There's no need. No. And will the numbers increase, or have people gotten used to being home? Are they still afraid to come back? Are the older uh, generation or the vulnerable really saying, "I'm just not ready. I can't do it yet." You know, people are there are a lot of people who are afraid I, you know i yeah. and i don't know we've talked about this because for me personally like i went to the mass there and you had to wear your mask and you know it was communion receive and leave type of thing and which i'm yeah. not too crazy about but right um i'm not crazy at all about that but uh, anyway i you know we then we drove home and I, and I didn't think twice that i was among other people and i wonder if anybody had it or wonder if i became exposed to it, I, it didn't doesn't even cross my mind. No, it never crosses no, my uh, mind. Worry or anxiety. And I don't, maybe I'm just being naive, <laughs> but yet I'll read on. You know, you see Facebook and some of my peers, mm-hmm. you know, who are posting so many things about the the dangers and wear the mask and you know don't mm. and all these. I don't know. I I don't know. It just doesn't. It, we it doesn't must be missing to, something. I'm going to go see my spiritual director next week, so he's going <laughs> to discuss that with him. <laughs> Let him talk some sense into it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have him bless some salt for me though, because I put yes. blessed salt in my eggs every day. Okay. <laughs> Every Very day good. I put, put some blessed salt in my egg whites. I scrambled it in there. I put blessed salt on my popcorn. It's still blessed salt. Still blessed salt, sure. <laughs> but, you know, keeps that could be keeping COVID out of us. Maybe. You just have to trust Well, and yeah. be not afraid. And now is in New Jersey, 
the governor made it mandatory to wear a mask outside. Yes, everywhere. If you can't you... socially distant, or any, I think that's the key. If you if you can't be socially distant, you should even if you're outside in the fresh air, wear a mask. He's saying. Right. right. Pennsylvania not time. like that though. No, it's highly so recommended. So across the river. I guess the COVID doesn't cross it the river. Knows. It yeah, knows. It doesn't pay the toll. It can't come across oh, that's the it. Delaware. It doesn't have easy pass. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's, you can, but we have, and we can dine indoors in Pennsylvania. That's right. And restaurants. At 50% capacity. But here you can't. New Jersey, but in New Jersey, can't. you cannot. It's still uh, outside dining. Now you went to New York and City on yesterday. On a day like this, would be lovely. You went, that's right. You went to New York City yesterday. And you know, it's funny. People said, oh, be careful, be careful. I said, why? There's nobody there. You went to Times Square. I think I saw four people. Times Square. Mm. And you could cross the street anytime with your eyes closed because there were no cars coming and going. But then because it's so empty, then, and the police maybe are not being funded as well as they were before, um, that it, maybe it is like a danger zone, but I, I don't know. That, like I said, there's something there that's not clicking in my brain because I'm not afraid. You were on the train. I went on the train. Did you take a subway? I took. Or the train. No, I did no subway, but just the uh, New, New Jersey, Jersey transit, transit into Penn Station. From Hamilton to New York mm-hmm. and very, very few people. As I said, if, if anyone listening ever goes to the Hamilton train station there by the uh, grounds for sculpture, they have maybe eight or nine floors in the parking deck. Only the first floor was open, mm. and it started to go a little bit on the second floor, and then they had the yellow tape. You couldn't go any further, mm. and there were plenty of parking spaces. And there have been times when I went to use that uh, train out of Hamilton, and there was not a single parking space, and we had to go up to Princeton and mm. keep driving. Yeah. So it's just all so different. But I'm home safe and sound, and... I always think God's will be done, you know. I, I'm just That's afraid. the way I look at it. You know, if God allows me to get the virus, it's God's will. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm trying to get it, but I'll right. just live. You know, we follow the mandates. If someone, you know, you go to a store and they say you have to wear a mask, we wear a mask. We don't we don't give them a hard time. <laughs> I have to tell you that. Although you might. I don't. <laughs> so we're walking in, I don't know, do we have a minute? One minute. One minute. Walking in New York City, and I go to visit my daughter. She lives in, our daughter, Angela, lives in Queens. And we're walking, and she knows the city very well, and she has noticed, and of course she would because she's there all the time, but I too that there were a lot more homeless just begging, looking for money. Mm-hmm. To, you know, I'm thirsty. Can I have your water bottle? I th- Really? It, it was like serious stuff. So that was very, very sad. But some guy literally started like following and kind of harassing. I'm talking to you. I, You know, do you have a spare dollar? And she just yells out. She keeps on walking, doesn't turn around. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> she's, such, she's such a New Yorker now. I would have probably started running, but I feel safe with Angela because she really knows the streets. She knows her stuff. She knows the street smarts. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> Isn't she great? Now, what what gospel was that in? <laughs> Good Honestly, you know, I remember Father Groeschel too saying that. You know, because he was he was a New Yorker, and he said, you know, you every person that comes up and beg for you, not obligated to give. You know, so right. there's it's obviously he goes in he, he, goes, and he, he would say because I know around. these people they're asking for money. And I know a good number of them will go buy a bottle of liquor with it. So, yeah. you know, he would say that very openly. So, yeah. Anyway, let's take a break. We're going to come back, and uh, Brandon McGinley is going to join us to talk about the prodigal church. So, stay where you are. There's more to come in just a bit.
Well, welcome back, friends. Again, happy to have you with us. Uh, Brandon McGinley has been writing about faith and politics since his regular column in his college newspaper days. His career has spanned politics and publishing, from pro-life advocacy to, to editing EWTN books. Uh, he and his wife and four children live in the Pittsburgh area, and he's written his first book. And it's called The Prodigal Church, Restoring Catholic Tradition in an Age of Deception. And we want to welcome to the program Brandon McGinley. Welcome, Brandon. How are you? Thank you very much. Good, and congratulations on your first book. And with I appreciate it. With four children, that's the next show, like Time Management. I want to hear about how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. You know, I uh, I had been an editor for EWTN Publishing for a few years, and I just did that from home in Pittsburgh. And so I'd been very used to working from home. And um, and then at the beginning of this year, I kind of struck out on my own to do freelance work, including writing this book. So I've uh, been kind of just used to uh, <laughs> used to being holed up in my attic slash office uh, at my laptop <laughs> during the days. That's good. Well, so tell us then, Brandon, what was the inspiration behind this book, your first book? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when I had been thinking about what I wanted to write about in a longer form, I kind of went to what I had been writing about in shorter form in, in articles and essays and columns and so on that I published. And what I kept coming back to was this idea of trying to articulate a hopeful vision for what the church can be, not with like PowerPoint presentations and deliverables and all this corporate speak, but simply by embracing the reality of what she is, to be the body of Christ on earth and to, um, and to um, recognize and to live out that kind of grace-filled reality um, in the institutional sense, but also in the sense of parishes and communities and families of Catholics who are making the reality of God's grace and love real in the world. Now, and as I was reading some of the uh, obviously the chapters here, and uh, you sound like you're a younger man. Now, Cheryl and I were we're grandparents, and I grew up <laughs> I grew up I grew up in the church, cradle Catholic. We both are at a time in the 1960s, especially in late 50s, when I mean that parish was like this it was your second home. Right. It, it yeah. was it was just part of who you were. It was like an extension of your home. And even more so, it was your home on a Sunday, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, what what happened? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I um, I think about this in terms of my parents' generation. My dad and my mom both grew up in neighborhoods of Pittsburgh, where the parish was the center of social life, not just the center of spiritual life for one hour on Sundays, right? But was the center of everything. They went to the Catholic parish schools. Um, my dad tells a story, I think I maybe mentioned it in the book, about how at Christmas time, the social event of the season was Christmas Midnight Mass. Mm -hmm. And the boys would ask a girl to go with them and they'd get corsages mm -hmm. and the whole nine yards. That was Aww. the thing. Um, but you could also see in that the kind of the seeds of, it, of, its, of, its, own, of its own demise, of its own um, kind of erosion, if that you know, taking, for example, that Christmas Midnight Mass, if that becomes primarily a social function at which Jesus just happens to, to, to he, he's just one guest among many mm -hmm. at, the, at the event. Um, and so I love that idea of the church, the, the parish being the center of everything. Mm. But the core of that has to be the spiritual, the sacramental, 
Right. Um, the liturgical. The body of and Christ, literally. Exactly. Uh-huh. The Eucharist. Right. And um, and you could see, you know, even just talking to folks my parents' generation of how they began to perceive this and then how quickly it falls apart when you have things like suburbanization and those neighborhoods empty out and those communities don't immediately reform because the social aspect is not there anymore because people have spread out into the suburbs Mm -hmm. and the sacramental turned out to be um, not strong enough core to hold, to hold together the community as a, um, as a uh, really kind of unified, comprehensive, integrated whole. It sounds very much like Philadelphia, uh, you know, not very far from you and where you're the neighborhood parish that people wouldn't say what section of Philadelphia are you from, (laughs) but what's your parish? And that right away identified you with Roxborough or Hillside or wherever you were. And then there would be the uh, cultural parishes. There was the Italian parish, the German parish, the Hungarian parish. And then as people started moving away from the city and moving out to the suburbs to raise their families, you know, it just wasn't replenished and was not attracting a new parish family. And then the numbers decreased, and then they said, well, the only way we can survive is to twin or triple these parishes, and and then that places us here today. Now, if you had the answer to this, you would be, you know, doing more than just having one book right now, but could you envision in your crystal ball or in your wildest dreams a roadmap of sorts to renew yeah. that Catholic identity and make it the home away from home with with certainly the Eucharist as our core and center? But the outgrowth of that is, hey, let's all meet at the Novena and then go out for pizza or whatever yeah. it might be. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, there's there's so many there's so many things to talk about with regards to this. But you know, one of the things I think about a lot, I think about a few things. One, you talked about you know meeting at the novena, meeting at or meeting for evening prayer or vespers or 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 compline or whatever the case may be. I you know when you look at when you look at the kind of the uh, the archetypical parish turnaround artist, it's uh, it's Saint John Vianney. And what what was one of the things that he did when he showed up in ours? He began to institute the um, uh, the liturgy of the hours as a regular part of parish life. Mm-hmm. And I understand that that's not something that's easy to do right now when you have when people are so much busier with you know various uh, business and and, uh, and social functions and everything. Although we're a little bit less busy now, but we can't right. gather, which is <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, but so you know, I think that that's certainly part of it. But there has to be also, or at least there can be, uh, to the extent possible, uh, an understanding that there are decisions in our lives outside of uh, specifically kind of churchy decisions that will make that more possible. So we've been really blessed, mostly kind of by accident, but then over time it's become more intentional to now have a a, a, a community of was once kind of five or six, and now we're up to kind of 10 or 12 young Catholic families living within roughly walking distance in our neighborhood in Pittsburgh. And so that makes it a lot easier to be able to do something like, hey, um, you know, we're going to, you know, for instance, our our neighborhood parish here, um, they haven't been able to do it for a while, but they did a Bible study with childcare. Childcare is great whenever all these families have, you know, like three, four, five, six small bouncing children. Great. Uh, and it's so hard because of all the paperwork we have to do and all the clearances. But 
the the parish here, which is this kind of old, relatively old neighborhood, and it's you know aren't aren't it's certainly not as many young families as there were in the 1960s when this place was teeming, but they found they kind of came together, did all the paperwork, which is not not a small thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and got it started for us. That's so beautiful. Um, I think it's a you know it's a combination of you know parishes embracing the, the and, and 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 trusting that the liturgical the sacramental will bring people in and then individuals and families making those decisions of just deciding you know considering when it comes to considering parish life sacramental life spiritual life when it comes to things like what house are you going to pick what neighborhood are you going to pick um and uh and and what kind of and how how intentionally and intensely are you going to prioritize kind of Catholic friendship in mm-hmm. your lives? Mm-hmm. We're and talking think- with Kath- uh, with uh, Brandon McGinley, and the book is called The Prodigal Church, Restoring Catholic Tradition in an Age of Deception. It's published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com. And uh, Brandon, of course, brand new book, and I, I do see that in the book on March 18th, you added a little note because uh, during this uh, very, very— difficult, trying, unusual times we find ourselves in regarding the the COVID-19. And I'm curious, how do you think this is going to, what type of an effect is it going to have on church? Because even now, as churches begin to reopen and public masses once again are being uh, heard, it's different. It's not the same. And so what, what type of an effect do you think this might have even on the idea of a prodigal church? Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, one of the one of the kind of perhaps paradoxically potentially positive things is that precisely as our moment gets more confusing, more unstable, more crazy, I, uh, when the church acts like herself, her permanence, her stability, her sanity uh, can be even more of a draw. That's the positive spin, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think it's true, and that's why I wrote the book, and that's why I, I think that even though I wrote the book right before the pandemic hit. I think that it um, that that point really comes through and is even is even more relevant now. When it comes to the short and medium term impacts, though, the thing I just I just keep thinking about is the way that habits work and the way that um, you know the the life of virtue is the life of of habit, the life of developing good spiritual and moral habits, um, and. Uh, one of the things that, for better or for worse, has happened is that basically all of our habits outside of our own homes have been cut off. They have been um, um, they've been stopped, and it's an opportunity to kind of consider what we really value. Do we really value you know getting that latte every day or something like that? There are some habits that are going to fade away and aren't going to come back. And there are others that hopefully will come back with a real vigor because being deprived of them, we will want to jump right back into them. Right. And that's going to be the big question when it comes to things like Sunday Mass. Mm. Are we going to see a huge drop-off from, for people who kind of were going not just out of a, not, not out of a, a habit of, of, of love, but out of a habit of simple rote, uh, this, is just what ha- this is just what we do, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you begin to enjoy um, sleeping in on Sundays more or making pancakes, whatever the case may be, <laughs> and how much of it will, how much of that will come right back. And, you know, we'll see what the numbers are going to be, but I, I, I am a bit fearful, you know, that, uh, that the habit being broken 
uh, it's easier to lose a habit than it is to make one. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. there's not going to be a significant commitment to get back into the habits of, of liturgical life. Um, yeah, there will be a drop-off, and there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, there's just nothing to be done about it. Well, my prayer is that God, in His great wisdom, you know, He He allowed this to happen. He certainly has the yeah. power to um, change anything, you know. But um, maybe the timing is going to be just so that initially we were like, okay, so we're going to have a few weeks off from church. And, and then maybe right. they, some people started saying, hey, this is pretty good. We could just watch it on the computer. But I feel like there, there's also going to be a point where you really are longing, as you say, for that yeah. what was a habit, that what we knew was familiar, we loved it. And then we start really longing for it. And I just feel like God's just going to choose the right moment and say, okay, now is the time because yeah. they are really hungering. And if we yeah. let it go too much longer, we might lose them, but I, I feel like we might. And it's just a, maybe I'm just so hopeful. Um, this, this Mary <laughs> Sunshine here, though. It's good to be hopeful. It's yeah. a good prayer, and I think that you know it's one of the things I talk about in the introduction to the book. Is um, you know people there, there's a there's an idea out there that um, Pope Benedict had spoken about a smaller and purer church, mm-hmm. and he never actually used that language. Back in 1969, he did talk about a smaller, not in the sense that he hoped for it, but in the sense that it was coming no matter what, and more spiritual church. And one of the things I also think about with regard to that is that, and this goes right to what we're experiencing right now, with Catholic culture fading away, the kind of cultural Catholicism fading away, we, everyone who is staying is staying not because their parents stayed and that's just what they do, but out of a real choice. And now everyone's going to be making a choice again to go back to Mass, making a choice to get back involved in their parish. Yeah. And that's not ideal for the church, because the church really does function best, is really meant to be a culture where the faith, is, the faith is passed down almost like DNA is passed down. But there is something to be said for a purifying moment when we're all forced to choose, when we have to, when we have to really, really say this is, this is what we are organizing our lives around. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and, uh, and so the Church as a kind of voluntaristic association is, again, it's not necessarily our natural mode, but it could be something that, um, that positions us to be especially strong in what I think is going to be an increasingly turbulent time politically, economically, culturally, and so on. Well, the book is called The Prodigal Church, Restoring Catholic Tradition in an Age of Deceptions. It's, it's uh, published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com to find out more about it. We've been talking with the author, Brandon McGinley. And, Brandon, is the book, would you say, as much for clergy as it is laity? Yeah, I, I, I'm really glad you asked that, because uh, I think I, I certainly wrote it with that intent. And, you know, the title is The Prodigal Church, and if you think about prodigality, prodigality is a very negative thing. It has to do with, with wastefulness and kind of the and, 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 and ridiculous luxury and things like that. But what I'm trying to reference there is, so this is not meant to be a kind of cranky attack on, on the institutional church. What I'm really trying to reference is the entire parable of the prodigal son, especially reconciliation and restoration. Mm-hmm. And so I hope, I really do hope that in, you know, in rectories and chanceries that people feel free to pick up the book and, and read it again because its its substance is not one of crankiness and of backward and a second guessing and so on, but of hope for that kind of the restoration of 
tradition, and not just in the sense of liturgical tradition or artistic tradition, that's part of it, but the, 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 the wholeness of what it means to be the Church. And then, and this, this for me is, is the most important thing of all, applying that to right now. It's not about recapturing the 1950s or the 1350s, as some of us might prefer. <laughs> um, it's, about, um, it's about taking the timeless truths of the Church and the timeless lessons of, of liturgy and aesthetics and all of that and applying it in the 21st century. Uh, yes. Innovation uh, within tradition mm-hmm. is when the Church is at her best, not when she's trying to recapture some perfect moment in the past and not when she's throwing out the past, mm-hmm. but when we are applying our timelessness to the, the present moment. Mm. Right. And, right. That, um, and that's something that I think, you know, I, I, I would hope that uh, a priest or a bishop or a layperson would would find a, a hopeful vision, and like not a not a cranky backward looking one, and not a and not a throw everything out kind of Pollyannish, you know, we, we know better than, than the past kind of vision, but right. one that I, I think captures what is the very best about the church. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Again, friends, the book is called The Prodigal Church: Restoring Catholic Tradition in an Age of Deception. And it's published by Sophia Institute Press, their website, sophiainstitute.com. We've been talking with the author, Brandon McGinley, uh, his first book. And it's great. It's wonderful. We hope there are many more coming, Brandon. Thank you very much. Yeah, I hope so as well. (laughs) All right. God bless you, and thanks for all you do for the Church. We appreciate that. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. You too. Thanks. And friends, you stay where you are. There's more to come. Don't go away. It started like it does for many people, question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have uh, the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I had experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. All right. Thanks to uh, Mr. McGinley. A great, great, great book for a first shot there. Wonderful Mm. young man. We need more like that. Yeah. So anyway, again, friends, uh, it's called The Prodigal Church. SophiaInstitute.com is their website. Check it out. Uh, We're almost out of time. Uh, Two hours seems to fly by sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't go as fast. I know. (laughs) But I, I will say this: I did get a, a, an um, email from Leanne Thieman. Just got our signals crossed. Yeah, she had a different. Uh, she had the date. wrong date down. So, so we'll have her we'll back. Have her back. Chicken, like chicken soup for the soul. We need the Catholic things. edition. Yeah, great, great. And I think it's the first book permitted by this Chicken Soup Incorporated that they let it be solely Catholic. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I'm curious to hear how that developed. You um, know, you say we need positive things. Earlier, you were here. I, I called. Um, a service area that I had experienced a service yesterday. Yeah, these we, we we've gone to this place a few times, 
and they're just young, co- young college kids, young college men. Very preppy looking, though. But very, very polite and pleasant and courteous and articulate and just smile and have. And so I, mm. I said, you know, I'm going to call that the people who hired them and just thank them because and. And I've, you heard me. I was telling the woman how impressed we are with these young men working at their uh, service thing there. And um, she said, is, is that the only reason you called to tell me this? <laughs> yes. I said. Who takes uh, the time? Right? I said, well, yeah, you have to know. That's so nice of you. to just, But you have to be positive. We need we, yes. we need more positive things. I mean, how many of us, myself included, would be quick to say, I'm going to call and make a complaint because yeah. that service person, you know, d- rubbed me the wrong way or whatever the situation yeah. is you know we we can be easily quick to call and make a complaint but to take the time to say they're well, i've gone to this place three or four exemplary. times and they they're just very pleasant young men and if we went there the, a few a month or so ago and i asked about you guys in college i said well we're they're, they're on their you know obviously they're they told us the different colleges they're going to right right but just very nice. I'm just always, you know, and they're young. You know, they're probably yeah. 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're just very pleasant and, and, and professional. I call them atypical. They're going to succeed, you know, yeah. and you want to encourage that. You want to, yes. they look, they're, if they're being that way, you want to let them know so that they'll keep being that way. Right, they'll go far in life. Sure. But yeah. she was surprised that I was calling to tell her <laughs> for a compliment as opposed to. Did you want to, something else? Yeah. Is that, is that yeah. the only reason you called to tell me that? Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's and so on another nice. positive note, somebody that I know, um, they were invited to uh, a little vacation home this this weekend down the shore. Oh, and well, there you go. <laughs> free of charge. You could use our house this weekend. And it was the only weekend all summer that it both like worked. So I said, and they have a young child. I said, bring your Play-Doh and your board games and just make the best of it. But like Jim said, the, it's not going to be a total washout right. tomorrow, and especially Sunday. Sunday. You have that little pocket of a shower, and then the sun comes back out, and you can walk the beach or get an ice cream. Mm-hmm. Or... But uh, that's it for us. I will be back on Tuesday, God willing, and uh, we'll be back next Friday for Friday Lab at 4 o'clock. So have a great weekend, friends. Thank you for taking some time to be with us today. God bless you all. Stay healthy and well.